0: My name is Tyler Wilson, and this is Generation Wealth. All right, so it's been about two weeks since we did our last episode, and I'm bringing on the new, basically, partner that I'm running the community with and everything behind the scenes. We got Jay Ream. He's up from Seattle. Kind of just want to get introduce everyone to him, see what he's about, his initial journey into following me getting a part of the community and how he's been so successful despite the downturn in the market and the quick upturn. So I'd like to welcome Reem to the podcast. Hopefully we'll get him back here multiple times as well. So it's good to hear from you, man.
1: Yeah, no problem. Anytime.
0: So what I really want to talk about is one, just introducing, like I said, everyone just to you overall, but also your, and again, no offense <laughs> if I say this, but your disconnection from emotions and <laughs> uh, and I say no offense because I think anyone listening to that seems to be like Tyler's totally just railing this guy. But when it's coming to investing in pretty much business in general, I think being not emotional is such a huge factor. And I kind of want to talk about, uh, there's a show called The Dropout by Elizabeth Holmes uh, with Theranos and the I don't know if you, if you heard about all of that and basically like the biggest fraud in like healthcare of all time,
1: possibly. Yeah, I haven't heard
0: about that. Uh, but. I want to talk about that here in a second but i I think people are gonna be interested in hearing your aspects on how you think kind of being emotionally disconnected from some of your plays and being able to cut those losses and things like that have helped you to stay profitable over the past six seven months
1: yeah uh, yeah let's go for it
0: so going into this I uh, again I was talking about that that show and I think this will directly align with how we're going to basically be setting up this whole episode, right? So if you don't know about anything about the dropout, Elizabeth Holmes started Theranos, and basically they were going to do like this instant blood trial for diseases. And anyone can go look it up. It's a good show. It's on, I believe, Hulu right now. And they have like two or three more episodes left. Anyways, basically she made this company. She falsified all this data and things like that. And she had this big deal with Walgreens. And everyone had suspicions that this company was just not going to succeed. But ultimately, what it came back to was their initial funding and the guy basically saying he has a gut feeling. And that's really what it led to. All the big investors was like, "We have a gut feeling," and it got emotionally tied to it. And I think that's how we kind of treat stocks and just the market in general. Is like we get, for instance, attached to to Tesla, or we we see it break the trend. But we're like, "Well, we believe this company." should be going up even though oil is going to the moon because Tesla's an electric vehicle company and it should be going <laughs> up, right? And I think that's like the disconnect. And that's something that I've seen specifically with watching you getting in and out of trades is like if it breaks your zone or if it starts breaking below key levels, you're like, I'm done, I'm out, move on to the next one.
1: Yeah, for the, I mean, when it comes to trading, it's like you can't have a, an attachment to like any one trade because if you start doing that, you'll start holding losers. And like, oh, next thing I'm down 50%, 75%. But if you can just cut one trade and move on to the next one, like there's always going to be opportunities in the market. That's my biggest focus. That's why I tell people, I'm just like, you can lose on this one trade, but the market's not going to stop for you. Like you can always just, as long as you have money to trade with, you can always get back in the next day or even like the next 20 minutes and make all that money back and even more. So I try not to focus on a loser. If it, if it breaks, I take a loss. Hopefully it's a small loss Then you just on to the next one.
0: What he's trying to say is, if you lose on first YOLO, go for the second YOLO, because you'll make all your money back. But, <laughs> but, but in all seriousness, uh, what he's saying is, is I feel like it's, it's easier to to hear and to kind of say out of your mouth, and then you get into the game. And I think everyone's gonna say as well as like, yeah, I, it hit my stop, so I should technically get out. But specifically with options, it's more of, you don't really have stops specifically like on a chart like if i have like a 120 break if you're like an options it's going to be the value of your option right so those are things you got to look right. at and i think that's like even where it gets more difficult to emotionally <laughs> uh de- deconnect yourself from those specific plays. and i think that that is really like i said for you specifically like i don't really think you're that big of a fundamental guy when it comes to any of your plays really i think it's more Purely based on price action, technicals, and volume. I, I think that's literally your method. I could be wrong, but I'm just curious to make <laughs> no, sure.
1: No, that's literally it. Um, yeah, literally all I talk about and all I really focus, uh, focus on is volume. That's why the main indicator I use is the VWAP. I mean, I use on other indicators, but primarily I'm just like staring at the volume. So if I see increasing volume, or if it's really choppy or like a pullback, I'm just sitting there staying at the volume. And also it comes into play with level twos in the order book. Um, it, like if I'm trading a stock like Tesla and the order book's moving really slow, the next thing you know, it starts speeding up super fast and a bunch of orders come flowing in and the volume's spiking at a key level. That's all the confirmation you need to get into a trade, which is why I try not to focus on you know, crossovers, the MACD, the RSI. Because by the time you get um, an entry signal on the MACD or RSI, you already missed the perfect entry opportunity yeah, just by trade, looking at the volume.
0: You look at like the four-hour EMA; they're crossing over. You're already up. Basically, you've already had your parabolic bull run. Half the, like Apple. Like <laughs> looking at Apple right now, right? You've had your parabolic run, and it's just like when it crosses over, do you get in? Do you get on? And I'm not like hating on those strategies and things like that. Like everything has its place, but like specifically for what we're talking about, day trading, scalping, things like that. That's why my main focus has always been just key levels, and I'm getting. And for myself, I think it's extremely important to say, like, I'm constantly refining my personal game as well. So, like, right now, the big thing for me is attaching volume to my trades personally. Because with what's happening and how we're flip-flopping in the market, I think volume is everything. So, like, if you get, like, this fake breakdown on NVIDIA, for instance, on Thursday and Friday. Like, that just fake breakdown you kind of got and then you just shot right back up after the big, you know, The conference they had or whatever like that the next day you literally just rocket ship from 160 all the way to 180 so it's like when you start seeing that volume and I think that's been the one thing I've been cheating myself on is not looking at that and more of just like I'm saying emotionally getting attached to an overall picture on a chart of this is Uh, the key resistance this is the key support which i agree those are major things to look at and price action overall is the biggest thing in my opinion as well but i think volume will give you the answer if you're getting a fake move in one direction and you're kind of getting trapped or a bull trap or bear trap whatever it may be
1: yeah exactly because volume is what moves the market and i don't disagree that crossovers i mean they have their place. But, I mean, we just had a death cross on the S&P, and the market's gone up, what, like 15% in the past nine days since the death cross
0: bro, with death, increasing volume. For the death cross, ultimate buy signal, 2022. Yeah. The, the day, I, I think you literally said it in Discord. You I literally said, said, just buy the death cross. You said everyone buy the death cross. I think people really thought, like, and I, there was probably some sarcasm associated with it, but I think that if everyone's looking at it, it's like the same thing with, you know, Everyone's thinking the same thing. And so I, I yeah. think we constantly think that like things are gonna be and we re, we watch these YouTube videos, right? That everything's gonna be one, two, three, this easy. Or it just kinda gets like told to everyone it's gonna be this easy, and that there's this quick little, you know, traders manual you can read and learn this one strategy and you'll be profitable forever, which is just completely ridiculous. I mean, I'm a perfect story of that. You know, started off March on fire. Two <laughs> weeks later, I mean, I'm going through one of the worst ruts personally. You know what I mean? And that's why I kinda like just took a step back. And I was like, bro, just let just let Reem do his thing. I need to just <laughs> take a step back, evaluate what I'm doing wrong. And going back to my traits. And while I'm doing like more educational videos and stuff on YouTube, I'm like just slowly realizing like, dude, what was I doing? If I just sat back and really just stayed true to just volume, and key supports and resistances, it would have been just free money all day long. I was looking at NVIDIA today, for instance, and I was like, bro, that retest of 170 or 270. What an easy trade! What an easy trade! Or or GameStop or any of these. Even the memes are respecting these same rules. That's just like the confirmation behind. All you really need is price action and volume, and that's really it.
1: Yeah, people definitely overcomplicate it. Like I see charts with a bunch of indicators and all these moving averages and you know RSI, the MACD. But when you have like you know you're looking for twenty different you know confirmations of these uh oscillators and everything all looking for one you know sniper entry it's just so much to focus on you're just cluttering your brain you just got to keep trading simple because at the end of the day if you can keep things simple you can act on what the chart is telling you that's all you need to do to make a successful trade just plan your trade before you enter and exit it doesn't go your way um and focus on risk reward that's the biggest thing i've been focused on recently um, like if I'm trying to risk sixty cents on the contract, but I know for a fact I can get like a dollar fifty at the con um at the trade. I'm gonna take that trade every single day. That's a, like a three to one risk reward or, or like two point five. So you just gotta risk rewards also a big focus for me recently. Yeah, or even more so.
0: That was something really big with me when I was trading specifically like futures and commodities, because you could really when you're trading those, you're really it's not options, right? So you're just trading key points on a chart, really. It's not like when you're trading options, you definitely have to, like, fluctuate the value of the option and, then you know, theta decay and just things like that, right? But when you're actually just trading the points on a chart, it can kind of be a little bit more simpler. Um, and while I'm making these videos as well, like, too, like, specifically on SPY, like, if you just keep those same points and you, like, really control the risk to reward, you can kind of watch that you are allowed to lose. Like, you can lose two yeah. trades but make profit if you're just winning one out of three you know what i mean and that's not to say like you exactly. should only aim to win one out of three trades that's not what i'm saying at all but it gives you like a margin of error percent to where you're not like chasing to a certain extent and i think again that's where emotions come back into <laughs> trading in general and to where people feel like oh man i gotta win big roll here I need, I need to push all in on this one and hopefully i can make it back so i can get back to square one and i think that's just the overlapping like it's like a just going in a circle over and over. And I would say, like, everyone's getting stuck in this right now. Like, I mean, I'm looking at Twitter, looking at people in Discord, for instance, are like, oh, I just, you know, for instance, made a 1,000% on a Tesla trade. I mean, which is absolutely insane <laughs> to think about. People taking that 1,200 uh, Tesla call and they held it for like two or three weeks and Tesla's going like a $300 run. And then the next trade, they're like, oh, I just lost, you know, all my money because I went all in <laughs> on NVIDIA and it went down $2. Yeah. I'm just like... What is going on? Why are you (laughs) like, where is the risk to reward to what you're doing? You know what I mean? And that's just the disconnect. And I think that we get in this habit and it becomes almost gambling and in all honesty, yeah, that's what it comes down to. So going into that emotional level and stuff, where, how long would you say it took you to get from your starting point to disconnecting from emotional type trading like that beginning you had to have been emotional there's no way (laughs) everyone is yeah
1: so uh, um it was almost about a year ago actually i took the i remember the trade vividly it was around april april fool's day so like coming up here um i was i used to trade uh like gap and goes you know like 100 runners on the day just like literally sort by percent gainers and just trade words at the top of the list and um yeah, this time, my account was fluctuating around like 26K, 25K. So I could finally trade, you know, margin, unlimited day trades and all this. And this one stock, I remember vividly, it was called, the ticker was ACY. And um, I'm not even sure why I was running, but it, was, it went from like $10 to $17 or something on the day. And I was, I was day trading every now and then, but I didn't really, I wasn't like doing it every day because every day I was working in the mornings at six in the morning. So I was missing market open, but I was off on the day. It was a Tuesday or Thursday. And um I made like thousand dollars on the trade just by like I was buying stock, like I was buying like three hundred shares or something, five hundred shares, just like scalping it for fifty cents and getting out. And at the time, I think my year to day gain and loss was like I was down eight hundred because I bought GameStop at the top almost. So I was down like I sold at the bottom at like fifty five. I bought it at two eighty five, sold at fifty five for like a eight hundred dollar loss. So I was down on the year, so I was like, all right, I need to make this money back. Anyway, ACY. I was up a thousand dollars. It was like near power hour, and I was like, "All right, I'm feeling good. I'm up a thousand dollars on this trade." I'll I'll, I'll start. I started with like a hundred shares. I made like a hundred bucks. I went up to three hundred shares. You know, made like three hundred bucks. And I scaled up. Like I've never scaled up like this before. Um, to bring this point back, so I figured, all right, well, I just made a thousand dollars on this stock. I must I must be pretty good at this. But I decided to go in with a five hundred shares. I pretty much bought the top. Um, I bought the top 500 shares like $18, and I'm like, all right, well. Then it pulled back like a dollar, so now I'm down a dollar per share, so I'm down 500. And then the stock starts going crazy. It gets halted on the way down. Next thing you know, I'm like sitting in the It's halted on the way down. I got five. I'm in the share. Um, I'm in the straight 500 shares. It gets halted on the way down. Opens up at like 15 now at this point, I'm down two grand on the trade. And like I said, I'm already down $800 a year to date. And my account's fluctuating between 26K and like 25K. So by this point, I'm already down. Like I'm about to, if if I sell now, I'm about to get my account restricted from PDT again. So then I just sit there holding and hoping. It's like fluctuating between fourteen fifty and 15. I'm looking at my profit and loss. And at this point in time, I pretty much invested all my money in the market. So like, Losing $2,000 was like 20%, not 20%, like 5%, 10% of my net worth at the time. I didn't want to sell it. So I'm down 2000 on the trade, just staying there holding it open. And then I think, I believe it got halted on the way down again to like 14 13 So now I'm down like 3000 After I just made $1,000 the same day, I, pr- I gave all my profits back and ended up the day down like $4,000. And I got it, it was like probably one of the most devastating days at the time, because I just lost $4,000. I worked pretty hard for it. And the, my account's below $25,000 again. Um, at this time, AMC, I was like an AMC ape. Um, AMC, AMC was like eight, $8, $10, I wasn't really doing anything. People were at work telling me I should sell my AMC stock. So I was, like, I was really down in the trenches. So yeah, that's where it all came from. So that ACY trade. Um, then after AMC went to the moon, I, my account, you know, went substantially over 25K. I really started focusing on like actually trading and not, you know, just trading the gap and goes. That's where I really started focusing on like the big cap options, option stocks like Tesla, Nvidia, Microsoft, Apple. And then, so this ACY trade was around April 1st. I started really trading full time like every single day after AMC. So around June, I, around June, July, I went part time at work to focus on trading more. And you know, since then, I've really been trying to focus and hone, hone in on my strategy. And then, around October, November, around October, I started trading options like every single day. I was still trading stock at this time. I'd, I'd buy like a hundred shares of like Tesla, trade that, but I was pretty inconsistent with it. I used to buy like Neo, trade Neo every single day. Then once I really started focusing on trading options every single day on like large cap tech stocks, and that's really where it all changed for me. Because um, trading t- a stock is one thing, but when you tr- start trading options, you don't have to put as much risk into the trade. Like you can buy an NVIDIA contract for you know $5 or something. It can double in the course of a trading day. But if you want to buy you buy hundred shares of Nvidia, you're putting twenty five k on the line.
0: I, I think that's. But, a, I mean, potentially, that's a but, really you know. that's a really big area too. Because people think that when you go into to bigger caps, in these big stocks, and that's what they look for. And I think people like will hop into they be like, "What are you trading?" And I'm like, uh, "I'm in Apple, right?" And I'm I'm getting at the money, like right at the money strikes. And they're like, "Well, those are too expensive." But like, if you look at right. like the reality of what you're doing, like getting 20 shares of a cheap option versus one share that's the same price as the other you know 20 shares you, or 20 option contracts you just bought you're actually probably spending less money on the more expensive contract one because you're probably gonna get a better feel when you exit out of that trade with a limit or whatever you're doing. two, you're not going to pay any fees. three, if you're using some type of broker that's you know a free no commissions. Then yeah. you're you're getting screwed already. So like that's the huge misconception, and I and even for me like I was like man I can't I can't trade Nvidia I, I can't trade Tesla I'm not gonna <laughs> trade five hundred bucks on one contract and then like you start to like actually like connect the dots like oh wait a second if this moves up ten percent on the co- the contract value. I kind of just made 50 bucks off of my 500. Like, and it just starts to add up and you start to realize that maybe you were drinking the Kool-Aid in the beginning. And then also <laughs> go, going back to like your beginning. So it, it sounds like Jay Ream, he got one, he got Zach Morris with ACV. He got <laughs> Adam Marin, uh, double aped with <laughs> holding down at eight bucks, but it turned out to be a win. And I, that first run was like, you know, great, like awesome, awesome, awesome. God bless that you sold whatever you had and made money on it. (laughs) Like that's another thing too. Like you have options, options. You are not here to hodl. Like that is not like, (laughs) that is bad. Like anyone says I'm holding my options. I'm like, you are, (laughs) you're hurting yourself because you ain't helping nobody. So like, that's like number two. And so like, I think it's just so important to realize that one, because you're on social media, people take this reality of you're just, it seems like everyone's successful. Like I was literally at the gym yesterday i met some guy at, actually in our discord he like rarely even talks i was like i was like are you in discord he was like yeah i'm in there like every day man i'm like do i talk to you like i, I, I don't even recognize your voice he was like oh no i just listen like while i'm at work and shit and i was just like you don't even realize that like these people like specifically like when they listen to like us because i try to keep it as transparent as possible i'm like dude i'm not I'm here in the trenches losing right now you know what i mean like <laughs> like i try to keep it 100% like all the time and so most people you hear on here, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm just making an easy 50 grand a month. It's just easy out here. I never lose. I basically only grab 100 baggers. And it's just like this disconnect from overall reality. And it's like so hard to really like connect with anyone in the game, in my opinion. So, like, I think that's just so important when you're looking at Reem and I is one. We've been through it. Now, granted, I didn't get into investing during the AMC like 2020. 2020- era of every stock's going to make you a significant amount of money. I started before that, luckily, but I did lose money along the way, specifically in crypto. Like I rode that whole giant run to the top and down to the ground, like to to the straight trenches of leverage trading. So I understand that as well. And it's so important for anyone like listening to this, you have to recognize where you're messing up. And that's the big thing with Jerem. He was like, bro, I just lost triple what I put into this trade and made in the same day. Something's got to give. And then he made that money on his first really big trade, which typically happens to anyone and everyone. You get that first big win, but you have to choose that. Are you going to continue to rely on luck and to keep barely getting by, or are you going to actually try to find a system that works? And that's like where Jay Ream really turned the corner and ultimately got a job and is now like working full-time, basically putting his full-time job on the pause working trading full-time now and then also helping me out doing doing it right now and possibly partnering in the near future
1: yeah uh yeah definitely around october is where things really started to change um like i said i started i went full-time like really like every trade i went uh, full-time options at that point like like i like i said i was trading every single day but i was trading stock and then once i started trading options my account like think i took 10 grand to 30k in like the course of october on nvidia alone and so yeah since then i've just been really focusing on volume you know price action and just making everything simpler when, it, when things are simple you can only focus on one or two aspects of a chart you're not focused on you know one thing i think people overthink too is like manipulation and all this kind of stuff like i don't really care about that to be honest like i just trade what the charts telling me like i have a long-term um, portfolio a nest egg like if i do if i do bad on a trading day that's also what keeps me unemotional too like i have this long-term portfolio it has a decent sized chunk of money in there and i plan to hold this thing for you know 10 20 30 years so if i take if i have like a 500 losing day i'm like all right well hopefully my long-term portfolio made up for for that loss so i can come back the next day i'm like all right well i'm pretty i'm pretty much break even more or less on the day yeah, and having that long term portfolio makes things a lot easier to you know, that's, keep things. Yeah, in that's perspective. huge,
0: and totally disconnecting that from your trading. Like I have two. Yeah. Like for myself, I always tell people, "Like, bro, have your own long term account." I I usually do it on a different broker. You can do that on your Robinhood or Weeble if you want. I don't think there's a huge bonus of doing it on any other ones. To be honest, unless you're doing like a Roth, but like that's huge too. Like that's a whole another topic for another day. But when you were saying that, like overcomplicating and people, like we're not saying that. These other strategies are bad. That is not what we were saying. But the problem is it's, it's almost anything in life. If I'm going into a business and I'm focusing on 30 different strategies for my business, but I don't have one down, the right. chances are that business is going to fail. No matter what you're doing, like it, it doesn't matter if you're playing a sport, if you're trying to learn how to be a pitcher, if you're trying to learn the curveball, slider, fastball, two seam, four seam, you're probably not going to get that good at one of them for a while. But if you just focus on the one and focus on your strengths and what you're really good at spotting and looking at, then you're probably going to start to excel. And that's where it comes back into focusing on, you know, a few key stocks that are going to be your bread and butter. Like these watch Ream. it's going to be Tesla, NVIDIA. And that's that's kind of it, to be honest. He he likes Amazon, some other the big caps, but ultimately it's like he's gonna stick true to what he likes. That is it, and and it's it's so hard to get to that point, and and I don't know how to tell anyone like this is how you get from point A to point B. It's almost like you either gonna learn the hard way, or you're just gonna keep <laughs> going down the terrible hard way and lose more money. So like I I don't know how to tell people like to get there, and that's why I like to use other people's experiences to show that really no one is that similar. Like mine and j story, yeah, in goal, pretty similar. But like the beginning from getting point A to point B, he had one bad trade or two bad trades. Me personally, I, I was down for the cause. I was out here leveraging full send on Bitcoin, Litecoin. I was making huge amounts and just riding it to the ground. I mean, it was a just whirlwind of emotions back in 2017 in, in the crypto market it was just it was the wild wild west like you'd wake up one morning you're up 300 percent the next morning you were negative so it was just insane to like look at that and it's so important to realize that it's going to be different for every single person but hopefully like as we keep making these and j room comes back on and things like that we'll have different perspectives that you can use when it comes down to this and of course the educational content and things like that will help you out but ultimately like it's more of when you come to the podcast it's more of seeing what it's really like on the other side that it's not like Jayreen wakes up every morning Tyler wakes up every morning we go to our bank account we're like hey we need that 20,000 you know right now um, we're gonna go buy a new car today and it's like we're living this crazy lavish lifestyle like <laughs> Jeremy even said like in the beginning it was all in his options account it was all like invested in different stocks and it was hurting him right But then like he made that term was like, Well, I need to start changing things. I need to start putting stuff in my long term account. I need to stop looking constantly if I'm having a bad day, get away from the computer, things like that. And those are just little habits that you have to start changing for yourself. And like if I'm if I'm misinterpreting anything, please like correct me. But those are just the areas that I think people have to start focusing on is like get one percent better every day and don't try to become fifty percent better overnight.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it for the most part. And like you were saying. Um, focusing on, like, one or two tickers is, uh, like, all you really need. Like, even, like, probably in, like, December, like, I got a stream deck, and I had, like, all, you know, rigged up, so I can press, like, a hot key, and it changes the tickers for me, and, like, all this stuff. Like, I have, like, Microsoft, Amazon, you know, Apple, like, all these other tickers. You know, I can just press a button and change it on, on all my charts in Lightspeed. But, you know, even, like, recently, like, I still use the stream deck, but, like, I'm not really even, like, pressing the buttons anymore. I feel like I was just, like, Changing the ticker is just to change the ticker. Like I didn't really, I didn't really have a reason. Or on my second display, I would have like eight, you know, eight charts of like different stocks I was looking at. But now I have like one or two, like Tesla, Nvidia, and Amazon, like all I'm looking at. Yeah. And that comes back, to, you know, just overcomplicating things. You know, I just try to like simplify my process, um, focus on supply and demand, supply and demand, you know, volume, price, action, and one or two tickers, and that's all all it really took for me to really start seeing. I've been I've been pretty consistent, but, you know, every you know now and then I take like a, a loss and set me back a day or two in the profits. But now, like, I think the past two, three weeks have probably been my best. It's been my best three weeks stretch in a while.
0: Yeah. And like even going into that, like it was it was funny, like. Because I would say the past, you know, I was making the the AMC videos every day. And I'm just like, dude, I'm just tired of it. I just don't want to do it right now. You know what I mean? And taking a break from that, And, like, people were like, bro, like, if you just traded AMC, man, you'd be, like, smashing it, bro. Like, you'd be. And I was (laughs) like, it was because I was looking at it every day. That's why I was, like, just decent at looking at the chart it was because i was looking at it every day because i was making a video looking at what was going on looking at subconsciously the volume looking at what was going on on either way of it and how i was reacting and i was like man why was i not even just trading that like day trading it? you know what i mean and it's like you don't yeah. even realize when you're it's such a testament to just if you're focusing on one thing so much chances are you're going to get good at it if i am focused on just looking at EMA's chances are you'll eventually start to really start realizing in different strategies going on there. If I'm just looking at price action and volume, you're probably gonna start spotting the trends and how you're getting these like fake reversals on whatever stock you're looking at. And it, it just repeats over and over, but it's just like you gotta start honing in on those one or two key things, and then you can kind of start expanding. So when J says like focus on one or two stocks, he's not saying pick a micro stock or a mid-cap like. <laughs> You know PayPal, which obviously pick has a stock only- with a high beta. Yeah, you don't want to pick something that's just going down or just going up for the past week. That's not really picking a stock, but when you're picking something like Apple, or you're picking a Fang stock, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, something like that, you're going to get decent action. Just zoom out to the 15 minute chart and see if it's going up and down. If it's only going in one direction parabolically over the past three months, pretty scary trade. And I get <laughs> you know, we're kind of in like a scary market now, recovering, but. You have to be able to like just take a step back and say, is this, am I trying to make money off of this or am I trying to win the lottery off of this? And that's, that's the difference when it comes to trading and gambling. And and that's the biggest thing there for me.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Yeah. When I see some of these, like just in general, like I'll see some tickers people are talking about, I'm just like you have all these stocks to trade, like even if it's not Nvidia Tesla, I mean, you have AMD out there. That's a pretty good stock to trade. You got Apple out there. I'm just like, why would you, especially with the bounce we've been having, it's just, why would you try, you know, play a low float stock that has seen a volume increase of 500% in the last day? Doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. And again, that's where it comes back down to being disciplined and knowing what you're looking for. So, for the average person you see a stock up 30% of the day, you're, they're probably not even looking at the volume. The 90% of the guys aren't going to say, I wonder what the volume's looking like. I wonder what the volume was the previous five days and what the average is. Most right. guys aren't even paying attention to that. They're just like, Oh man, this thing up 30%. It's going let, up. Me, let, let me see if I can get on this roller coaster with them real quick <laughs> and just make a quick thousand percent. And it's like, you even get on these plays and you're up 10, 15% you're like, Oh no, I need more. And it's like, what are we like talking about? You know what I mean? It's like, You start to get these cumulative gains and you start to really realize how much you can really start making and then the disconnect from reality. But like that's just a dangerous game. And so if anyone takes anything from this episode, it's focus on the little things, you know, pick out one strategy you want to focus on when it comes to trading. Don't give up on it on, on a week's notice of saying, okay, I didn't figure it out this week. Time to find the new strategy because I need to figure this out in three days so I can make this my full-time job like J-Ream and go part-time at my other job. Like, that. no, that's it's not going to happen overnight. It took J-Ream basically <laughs> a whole year to get to that point, right? But it was also J-Ream's goal, right? I, I I don't know. Like, for me personally, like, when I got into trading, it was my life. I, I didn't have a life. I didn't have a social life. I wasn't going anywhere. I had friends, but they knew that I was doing stuff. I, I was not going to be going out often at all. I would go to the gym, go to school, trade. That was life. Now, I don't know about you, how much time you spent doing it, but for me, like I had, a, I had a mission and I knew what I wanted. And thank God I got there to where I'm at right now, to where I can kind of focus on and have like more leisure time and just taking some time off occasionally. But like you have to have that drive to want to get to where you want to get to.
1: Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much the same way. Um, yeah, like I get home from work, I'm just like reading about stuff, like um, going over charts. Like obviously on the weekends, I try not to, you know, I try to not stare at the charts all day, especially on Sundays. It's hard not to look at futures. But yeah, I mean, from uh, the past year, like probably six, seven months, I just wake up, you know, trade stocks, um, work my part-time job, five, six hours and come back, and, you know, do it all over again, you know, study the, study the trades, study the charts. And um come back again in the next day, but yeah, that's pretty much all I do for the most part. It's, uh, it's definitely become a passion of mine, and it's hard not to talk about it, but I know, especially working a retail job, working with older people of all you know ages, especially my age, like you really it's it's hard seeing people that are like 60, 50, and they don't have a plan for their future, and they see me, they're like, "Wow, I wish I was your age. I would have started investing. You're like doing what you're doing with with the money that you've made." And um, it just kind of motivates me to keep going because there's some there's this one guy at my job. I think he's like 50 55. And, you know, he's working there. He's making like probably like we're making like 23 an hour. But he's like, yeah, I have no savings. I don't have a 401k. Like, I'm probably gonna be here till like I'm 70 80. He's like, I've even brought you up to conversations with like my personal friends. He's just like kind of inspires me. Like, how you've been able to start investing at such a young age and you know have a future future for yourself and planning for your like. 30s 40s and 50s he's like i wish i would have done that and it's not even there's that guy there's like pretty much everyone i work with is like i want to be like an inspiration but they're kind of just like i wish i would have done what you're doing right now because i don't want to be stuck working this job the rest of my life like i probably am going to be
0: but i think that's the problem too and we're we're kind of wrapping up here that's the problem is you, you come to people and you can look at it two different ways you know what i mean like you know three years ago two years ago for me right like I had a total game plan for life I was like gonna go to school get my finance degree do what I wanted to do go in real estate whatever it may have been um I kind of had this whole path right but then I got like obviously had my son terrible terrible court case and stuff like that and it kind of just like turned my whole world upside down all my investment money was gone and things like that and so you have to make the point like and I get it I was still young so I, I I definitely feel like I had more time to, you know, recoup. But I think when anyone's going through anything and you're in in this pity party like stage of your life, you you tend to not see any like light at the end of the tunnel or whatever it may be, but it's <laughs> ultimately a choice. And I think like again, there's people in that we're with every single day that are 40, 50, 60 years old that are trading, you know what I mean? And it's just like I'm not saying, you know, trading is the only way you know, to be successful. This is more than just trading stocks. This is like just life in general. And it's just like, you have to be willing to say, okay, I'm willing to sacrifice X, Y, and Z for this. You know what I mean? And I think that that's just the ultimate case of most people. They don't want to sacrifice four hours of their day to devote to trading. You know what I mean? Or four hours of their day to break down a strategy and get good at it or they don't want to sacrifice maybe having a relationship. I mean, I didn't have a relationship for three years. Like sh- th- that was just me. I mean, granted I-, I went through a whole bunch and I just didn't want to make that step again. But also too, I was like, bro, I'm broke. Like, what am I going to do there? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like you-, you start to get to these points where like, you can like allow yourself to like kind of expand and stuff. But still for me, like this is like, where the focus is right now it's like growing the brand building it better like building like the best life i can for me myself my son uh, my future wife, things like that that's like my that's how i think and i think that's like the problem with most people they're so focused on right here right now and they don't think about or they don't care to think about five years from now so it's like people people can say like oh man i wish i would have started investing but chances are if they could go back they wouldn't even do it it's just it's just straight up discipline and it comes back down again to focusing on the little things.